refuse to let him die. I know I, I don't have the right to ask for a miracle. Because I haven't really been much of a believer in anything. But I'm asking now. Join us for episode 130 of Sci-Fi TV Rewatch. My name's Dave, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Wayne, as we continue our analysis of James Cameron's cyberpunk thriller, Dark Angel, starring Jessica Alba, Michael Weatherly, and Ashley Scott. And, you know, I, I got to tell you, Wayne, today, one of our co-workers, Kristen, was telling me, you know, you guys, uh, you and Wayne do, do Dark Angel, right? I'm like, yeah, we do. She goes, well, are you doing the new one? I'm like, what are you talking about? The rumors are true. <laughs> and I'm like, no. And she said, yeah, ABC Family. I'm like, definitely okay. not. <laughs> well, no, she was right. There is a, a right. there is a Dark Angel, but it's like about serial killers or something, no. something like that. Wow. So anyway, listen, man, we're back to uh, the way it used to be. Winds howling, rain yep. going sideways. Yep. Kids upstairs fighting. Yeah, yeah, true. Uh, but anyway, uh, tonight we're here to talk about episode eight of season two titled Gill Girl. But before we get to that, Wayne and I just want to remind you, as always, we'd love to hear from you. Email sci-fi TV rewatch at gmail.com or at the website where you can leave a voicemail via the leave voicemail tab. You can record your own audio clip and send the MP3 as an attachment or just tweet us at Sci-Fi TV Rewatch and encourage you to join the Facebook group and join the discussions there. One of the big pieces of news in genre TV this week is, of course, the Supergirl pilot that came on Monday. And even though it got leaked four or five months ago, and I, I saw it then and really liked it, it brought in just under 13 million viewers, 3.19 share in the 18 to 49 demographic. Those are big numbers, dude. Yeah, that's huge. That's wow. But you still haven't seen it, right? No. Okay. Okay. And, and, you know, look, I mean, we both got a lot on our plate TV wise, uh, not to mention other stuff. Right. But but it was the best of the night other than its CBS sibling Big Bang Theory. So, look, a lot of these shows, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. did huge numbers, it, its pilot episode, and then went down like a lead balloon. Yeah. Uh, like Almost so, Human did, too, right? Yeah. A like, lot of them did do, really but, well, like with the pilot and then. So we'll see. I mean, you know, it's, uh, you know, what are you going to do? Now, with Halloween looming, uh, which is in two days, many of us like to dial up our favorite horror films. But if you have not seen Blink, the quintessential episode from season three of Doctor Who, do yourself a favor and watch it. Yes. Season three, episode 10. And while some may argue this was not Carrie Mulligan's big break, it certainly 
only helped her career for sure. And, you know, if you like your horror without blood and without gore, check it out, man. I mean, look, I know I don't have to convince you. You don't because I think, yeah, I mean, that's the one I told you to watch when you you really weren't into Doctor Who yet, right? Exactly, right. And I said, go check out Blink and then come talk to me after that. Right, but just as a... You know, a finely crafted piece of television. I mean, it's just, uh, again, I mean, I have my kids, and, and I know you do as well, write about it in, in terms of how the director and the writers just, just scare the crap out of you yeah. without, you know, weapons, yeah. knives, none of that. Not even really anything moving. No, no. At least not, not, the, not where you can see it. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah, man, in the spirit of Halloween, you guys need to check it out if you haven't seen it, and uh, and then check back with us. Yeah, absolutely. We should do. We should. Have we ever, I don't think we've ever done like. I mean, I know we've talked about Blink a lot, but we've never sat down and done a podcast about Blink, have we? Yeah, we haven't. You know, it's funny. Uh, you know, I, on the one hand, I, I I feel like yeah, oh yeah, that'd be a great idea. But yeah, as we've said a couple times. There's just something about podcasting, something you've never seen before. Right. True. And like with you and Firefly four or five times, my gosh, with Blink, you I, I mean, you got to be in the 20s, I would think. I don't even know. I've seen it a lot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, I know I've got to have at least seen it 10 times. Right. Well, whenever you show it to your kids, you, know, you see it like four times in one day, right? Right. Exactly. Like... So. Well, anyway, speaking of things we've, we're watching for the first time, Dark Angel Season 2, Episode 8. Gill Girl, written by Marjorie David, who also wrote episode 202, Bagum, and directed by Brian Spicer, who's done Castle, Fringe, X-Files, Once Upon a Time, Terra Nova, Heroes. I mean, he's got his genre TV cred down pat. And then this one aired December 7th, 2001, Pearl Harbor Day. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. They didn't um, take that into consideration. I didn't see any Pearl Harbor-type themes in it, though. Uh, no. And, and again, who... Well, of course, they didn't screw this one up the way they did Firefly, so we'll just <laughs> we'll leave it at that. Now, we see Brian Markinson again, so I mean, certainly, you know, he's a guest star in this one, and then Jesse Hutch, who played Gil Guy. Yeah, I was going to bring him up. All right, go ahead. Well, he's been in Arrow at least yes. six times. Right. Do you remember uh, his character in Arrow? I I don't know. I, I didn't. <laughs> okay, but but he was in a lot. I barely remember the guy. What Sebastian? Uh, whatever. Yeah. He's a bad guy. Sebastian Blood. I just oh, he, oh, right. Right? He was That was him? Well, no. No, no. Oh. He was he was like a dirty cop who was like on Sebastian Blood's payroll. Oh, okay. So, but he, yeah, he was in a lot of episodes and had some pretty prominent parts, so I really didn't remember it at all. Okay. And and then Anita Brown who played Gill Girl and now she's done some a bunch of one-offs including Supernatural and I Zombie, so I don't know if you no, I, mean, <laughs> you know, I guess you'd have to know the episode. Yeah, exactly. But even like, I mean, she, you know, the the part she probably had was you know maybe not necessarily a huge one that was super noticeable. Yeah. So, all right. Well, just you know, initial reaction. What, what, what are you feeling about this episode? Yeah, I like this one a lot. I okay, was, I thought it was pretty sweet. Uh, um, I I like I like it when they bring in the other transgenics. But so I think that's cool. I thought these transgenics were, were super cool. Um, I like 
the story between the Gil Girl and Gilboy. Those are really bad, you know, names for characters, though. Yeah, um, and, and I liked how Alec, <laughs> you know, kind of was attracted to her. Yeah. Well, that yeah, as he is to almost any female, honestly. We really except except it. Max. Except for Max, right? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I know what you mean. And we also heard heard about Joshua. We so he's still around. We just didn't see him at all. Right. Again, uh, we he wasn't in the last one either. No, it's been a while. You know, I'm not sure. Still, I mean, I, I liked it better on the rewatch. I guess my issue with this episode stems from the fact that we we don't really make any progress regarding any of the active story arcs. I mean, but I like I, that sometimes. I like well, you know. Go ahead. Well, no, no, no. I, and, and you know, when you think about it, with a 22-episode season, I can't remember if this one has 22 or 23. I, I get that. You know, all, all the great shows, whether it's X-Files, I mean, they're going to have their standalone episodes, which I guess is what this is. It dealt with the, the relationship between Logan and Max a little bit, I think. It did. You're right. So we saw that. Um, but you're right. I don't it didn't really advance the general arc of it, except to bring White back in. You know, we hadn't seen him. Well, that's true. And I guess you could argue that, you know, we see her save, you know, two more transgenics that, that we assume got released, you know, the night of the fire. I did really like how they tricked us with the opening scene, you know, where Logan is in distress. Oh, I mean, I mean right. that was, oh, yeah, that was yeah. awesome. Yeah, that was that was kind of. I did. I you know. I I really honestly didn't see that one coming. No, me either. But I think more importantly, what we really get out of this episode is that we now know with confidence that Hostess Cupcakes survived the pulse. Exactly. Uh, ring dings. Is that what it was? Yeah, I had to, I had to look it up. Okay. <laughs> um, so at first I thought they're ding dongs, but they, but I, I you know did some research to make sure it wasn't. Oh, because ring dings had. Be, a little Ho-hos. white icing on it. Well, ring dings are have like are chocolate cakes with white icing between them, and then a, a chocolate layer outside. Okay, but I thought I saw the little white squiggly. Yeah, it could have been a cupcake, but I guess no, that's it was not. Just, yeah, no, no, no. It, it was that, they're definitely ring dings. Okay, not not the. <laughs> uh, I can't. Oh, I can't remember what the cupcakes are. Man, because... Alex Dunnigan, first year at Boy Scout camp, mom sent him a whole box of those things, and I was his tent mate. We were living large, man. <laughs> nice. It was All right. awesome. <laughs> All right. Um, you know, getting back to the opening scene, obviously what was really nice, because, again, we and we said this, I think, last week, that, that we so rarely see any of them smile and, and have any joy. And, you know, Max, even though at the beginning she's not into babysitting, she just seems like a natural with Logan's. I guess it's not really his niece because it's his cousin's child, so I don't right. know what the But then she calls him Uncle yeah, uh, yeah. Logan, and which, you know, like like my kids call some of my friends Uncle something, so, you know, we just say, yeah, not really his niece, but kind of close, I guess. Yeah. Whatever. Little kid. Now, the other thing that, that uh, is funny, another teacher at, at school today mentioned i won't even go into what it was about but it was like you know i don't have kids so i don't know and i have some of you all and i probably don't know either but the little mermaid story right because <laughs> i've never seen the movie the little mermaid and i'm sure you've seen it like yeah well i yeah. saw it when it came out i was only like 20 when it came out oh okay if that i was i was in my teens or 20s so okay and you, but i was really immature though and i was gonna say you're admitting that okay. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it you know we hear enough of it within the episode that you know, it parallels the love triangle that, that's going on with Asha, Max, and Logan. 
you know, the mermaid falls in love with the handsome guy, but he blows her off for someone real. The real girl, yeah. Right, so the implication that Max isn't real. Right. But, you know, in the Disney one, in the end, um, Ariel uh, gets her her feet back and goes and she marries the prince, and it's a happy ending, which is completely different from the actual uh, ending, as they said, for the Hans Christian Andersen story. So that's why Max has red hair. Uh yeah, oh, yeah okay. probably I there, guess there we go. Now we know. <laughs> All right now you know even though it's a false alarm you know that we, we get the scene you know Max sees the the fact that Logan is gets sick as a sign to back away even though it's just chicken pox and she thinks her prayer for a miracle was answered and and I guess we don't really know because you know the doctor says he's already had chicken pox he shouldn't be getting it again so we don't know what the deal is there what he's been oh i don't know i mean it's really yeah. max has been injected with something so i don't know what that's all about right and maybe that's you know maybe possibly they lied to her and you know all she gave him was a little case of chicken pox or something you know like um yeah i don't that's the one part of this i really don't know what to make of it I'm not uh, sure what that means at all because, yeah, he did already have chicken pox. He shouldn't have gotten it again. Right, and as a plot point, you wonder if they'll you know, pick it up in subsequent episodes or just let yeah. it lie. And how rude of his cousin to have him babysit her kid when she's got the chicken pox, right? What the hell? Yeah, good point. Well, look, her name's Bitsy. What else do we need to know? <laughs> um, but, you know, probably my favorite part of the episode, and, and I really hope this is something they explore down the road, you know, Max confronting her spiritual demons dating back to the Man of Core Kid days. And, you know, do we have a crisis of faith going on in this episode? Right. And obviously, you know, the, the other episode that really dealt with faith a lot was the one that Ben was in, right? That yeah. To the blue lady and everything. Right. And so to see that kind of coming back in here, it was, it, it's, it's like atonal, right? It doesn't kind of jive with the, the rest of the episode, but I think they, it was purposefully done for it to stick out and to show the importance of this and that you know she is having some kind of, I wouldn't say a crisis of faith, but she's starting to maybe explore uh, faith and to think there are as you know, there's more things of heaven on earth that are dreamt of in our philosophy, right? Well, right. And, and, but you wonder, you know, when we go back to when they were kids with the blue lady, as you, as you said, I mean, I mean, they truly believed, and, and you could argue that well, they were really naive kids. But belief is belief, right? Sure. So you know, so then obviously after leaving Manticore and, and trying, to, I suppose, to leave everything Manticore related behind, I guess that includes, you know, her her religious belief. And and again, like a lot of people, you you come back in time of crisis, and then of course you feel guilty. You know, I don't deserve your help, and and of course she goes through that as well. Yep, it reminds me of an episode of The Simpsons where uh, Bart was supposed to do a project or homework or something. He hadn't done it, and uh, so he he prays. He says, "God, if you somehow have school closed tomorrow, I will definitely do this project. And I'll do it." and his sister Lisa is watching him. She says, prayer, the last refuge of the scoundrel. <laughs> I like it. Uh, all right. Well, the other thing we got to see Asha again, I think we mentioned last week that we missed her and they both clearly love Logan. But what really comes out again in this episode is how much the two of them respect each other and in the end do what best, what's best for Logan. Sure. 
And you really have to respect Asha's approach to handling things. Well, what is she going to do, you know? Well, I don't. I, I know so what you she mean. She has like a lot of choice well, as far as well, it goes. But I think it just her, I, I guess her demeanor when she's around Max. I mean, they have every reason I'm to, to dislike each other, right? But uh, you know, it almost seems as if she gives more than Max does, and and that's probably not fair. But well, I think that just for them to like kind of come to almost like a tacit agreement because. There is like a little bit of like scowling going on early on, especially in like the hospital room when Max leaves the room and the camera kind of lingers over Ash's face and she doesn't look pleased at all. And for them later to be like kind of like, hey, you're OK. Yeah, you're OK. And so they were, we're all going to get along here, you know. Yeah. Well, speaking of dynamic, I I love the dynamic between Max and Alec. I mean, she just treats him like an idiot child. Yeah, you know, you know. Yet he follows her anywhere. At the end of the day, he's a good guy, unwilling to abandon his Manticore brethren. But I, I mean, is it fair to call him, you know, an anti-hero? That's probably overstating it a bit. But you know, the the classic guy. Again, we talked about this in Firefly. You know, they're crooks. They're criminals. Yeah. But at the end of the day, when faced with an ethical dilemma, they do the right thing. And that's kind of Alec. Yeah, I think anti-hero is a, a fair you know, term to put on. I just love the look. Like when, you, when she's in uh, Jamponi and you know he walks up and goes, hey, you just see her immediately just roll her eyes and just like she gets just his mere presence just annoys the crap out of her, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, so it's just really funny. But then, the, but then you're right. When push comes to shove... They're there for each other. They have each other's back, right? Right, right. And, you know, we'll talk about the scene in the, uh, uh, we get another bar other than Crash. I know, but it looked like the same set, though, didn't it? Uh, I'm sure it probably is. I'm like, is that, I know it's supposed to, they showed a different sign. It's not Crash, but it looks a heck of a lot like Crash. Yeah, but that's okay. James Cameron doesn't have a lot of money, so he had to. You know, save something I'm on I'm pretty sets. sure this was after Titanic, so I'm thinking. <laughs> <laughs> he might have had a dollar or two. He had a little extra change lying around, yeah. Um, all right, now, Max makes several references in this episode to wanting a happy ending, beginning with the fairy tale that she reads Logan's niece. And again, it's, and you may know better than I, I always thought Hans Christian Andersen's fairy tales were rather dark. Am I wrong? I mean, didn't he do Hansel and Gretel or a... that? No, that was the Brothers Grimm. Oh, that's who I'm thinking of. Okay, a lot of okay. this, but but yeah, they are though. I mean, all of them are. Um, like Hans Christian Andersen is for the most part a little bit more positive. Like you know, the Silver Skates, Hans Brinker and Silver Skates. And oh, okay. So I'm thinking of the Grimm Brothers Grimm, of course. Right, and the the Grimm's fairy tales are all uh, and very darkly. They've all been flipped around so much that no one knows the the real endings everyone thinks it's like the disney ending is the real ending right right now you know while they're at logan's and he's tracking white's guy uh and i i I like i forget even where they are when uh max tells alec that logan found them he's like of course he did (laughs) (laughs) you know but uh she's holding picking up the book of fairy tales and i'm wondering okay symbolic wanting a happy ending with logan yeah, sure maybe maybe sure okay. absolutely yeah all right now at what's the deal with the fish eggs you know at the end were, were those little fish swimming yeah. around is that, they, that they, that's their family man okay now we're, we're given a plausible reason 
for manticore developing this transgenic species, right? I mean, uh, White's guy says they were probably used to, you know, to plant amphibious mines or something like that. Which I makes- still feel like there was just too much weed going around manticore, and these guys were just coming up the crazy, craziest thing that they could come up with. Okay, so I'm just going to suspend my disbelief here because uh, you know, now we're really, <laughs> you know, changing things. But we'll, we'll let that one slide. All right, so uh, like we said, visit another bar other than crashed the Blowfish Tavern. And the thing that struck me here, why aren't Sketchy and Normal better friends? Dude, they're, they're exactly alike. Yeah, well, Sketch is actually able to hold it together and be a little bit more reserved here than normal who goes freaking crazy right well you're not kidding which was pretty cool i i I certainly enjoyed that and some of the places where it looked like he was sticking dollars did not look like places where dollars should go no they did not so all right well listen why don't we look at some of the other scenes in the episode uh you, you know what? the best of the whole movie you're gonna steer away from it or the whole tv show come on man. i know i know we'll come back to it uh now <laughs> you know we already mentioned the opening scene logan's frantically calling max begging her to come over we hear crashing going on we think he's in some sort of real danger but it turns out he's just babysitting his unruly niece and Max, while it doesn't seem to be her thing, she quickly acquiesces to his pleas and ends up reading her a Hans Christian Andersen story about a mermaid. And, and you know, we yeah, get the requisite the little mermaid. Yeah. And we get the requisite mermaid background that, that we heard in a Lost Girl episode about yearning to live among humans. Right. right? Um, now, when they first pulled her out of the net on that boat, I knew there's going to be a body in there. I knew well, there was be a well yeah, but didn't she have the typical mermaid tail um i I, you know i looked at it twice and i swear i thought i saw it both times it it looked like something flipped and i just assumed as a flipper right and and then of course i just explained it away that okay you know that went on land right she reverts to to but yeah when she was in the the strip club in the tank didn't she have legs then? She had legs then too. Yeah. So uh, good point. Maybe because that was fresh water. I don't know. Who knows? Uh, I don't know. All right. So uh, we cut to the fishing boat coming in, and and you know, that's that's where we're introduced to her in the net. Now, you know, we basically got two storylines going: the pursuit of the Manticore mermaid Gill Girl um, by White. When I know it sounds weird to say it was nice to see him, but you know, we need a villain. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. He's a good one. He is a good one. And then, and then, of course, the love triangle between Asha, Max, and Logan. Now, is White just an independent contractor who works for some shadow yeah. government that wants this program just wiped clean? Is that what it is? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I can't remember from before. Was it ever clarified, like, what exactly his deal is? Yeah, I, I guess he just is, uh, you know contractor for hire I, I guess i'm wondering why his hq is in such a rundown place right. but then i guess you know it doesn't draw attention to him to avoid having to make a run at closing time alec invites normal to accompany him and sketch to the script club and it turns out like you said the mermaid's the attraction there and, and that of course well, is the mermaid's one of the attractions oh well one of the attractions but that's when alec notices that she has a barcode so we're going back and forth White and his men are on to it. They've got a man in the bar. But we, we could see this next thing coming, right? No women are allowed in. Yeah. Not so, unless they're working. 
Right. So Max has to go around back and hope to get picked. <laughs> and Alec tells her, don't sell yourself short, Max. <laughs> oh, and I'm telling you, some of the lo- you talked about looks, some of the looks she gave him in this episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, like she, you said, I mean, she treats him like he's an idiot child, right? And, uh, right. He's just a complete moron, which in her defense, a lot of times he is. So Yeah. Uh, I mean, she just smacked him with her eyes. So. Right. <laughs> Maybe, though, the funniest scene, and, and again, one of the things I liked about this episode is how many quips there were, and I wish I'd written more of them down, because there were really a lot of good ones between Max and Alec in in the middle of what should be tense scenes, you know, like when they were climbing up the side of that that building to right. uh, get into the girl. But the funniest in the in the episode for me was, you know, Alec tells Max, to look like you belong here, pulls her onto his lap, <laughs> and then she starts perfunctorily stroking his hair, face well, and not chest. Not even stroking. I would say she's just <laughs> mussing it. She's like not paid. She's just like running her, like just kind of moving her hand back and forth over her head, like he's a dog. And it's just like, <laughs> and he's like, "What are you doing? Fit again?" <laughs> she like, she screams at him, <laughs> and, and and then she keeps doing it, and and, and you, I, I don't know, you know, she's scanning the room while she's doing it, and then sketchy and normal come over to tell alec they're out of money and they see max on alec's lap could this night get any worse yeah <laughs> she says well it's funny like normal's reaction he's just like it's like he like he went to a strip club and saw his sister there or something you know like he bolts right away oh yeah yeah um well, got, it, it, oh, that was that was just like the dream and the halloween thing that she, she oh yeah with, yeah right? exactly so, yep. yeah. So, well, it turns out that the guy that they think works for White has gills also, and is actually there to rescue the girl. Well, they don't know that till they till they get him down. Exactly, and and then of course we put two and two together, and we wonder are they a couple? Which of course we find out pretty quickly that they are. They don't speak, right? They they just emit some high pitched aquatic right. sounds like yep. we'd hear out of dolphins or something like that <laughs> one time white goes english <laughs> yeah but they do know the manticore hand signals sure so those are universal uh, yep so all right so so max and alec are chasing him white's men do get the girl and now the story shifts to a rescue with a three-person team and, and they take gill guy to logan's and and they've got him in the shower i guess just trying to keep him moist Right. <laughs> um, but, yeah, you know, it's funny because one of the things that, that Logan brings up is that he's concerned about Max going on this rescue mission, you know, and, and, and it's like all of the dangerous things he's asked her to do to now ask her to not do this when she has two other people helping her. You know, the, the, he understands yeah. the importance uh, well, the moral imperative is clear here, right? Yes, and then to not remember that she already feels pretty significant guilt over letting all of these transgenics loose, that, I don't know. I mean, how could you say that? He's just, he's worried about her, you know? Well, I, mean, I he, He's get... kind of taking that role more and more where he's, you know, it seems like in, in recent episodes is more and more or less apt to send her out on dangerous missions and more apt to have her stay back and be safe well and and, you know i guess that's something we should start paying more attention to as we get back into the series because if it's one of his moral missions 
we'll see. Is he willing to risk her life to do one of those? Right. You know, we'll see. All right. Well, White now knows that Alec's alive because I had forgotten that that he planted that bomb in Alec and assumes he's dead. But remember, there's that uh, I I guess they paid all that money to get it removed from him. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. I saw him like, okay, I I just let it roll. Like, I'm just sure at some point like that is true. He was supposed to die. I couldn't remember. But yeah, that's right. That's right. The whole bomb thing. Yeah. Yep. But my question, what I found a little strange, is that extended phone conversation that White has with his wife and then son. What was the point of that? Was that supposed to humanize him? And if so, why? Like Lydecker, right? Like we thought he was all bad for so long and then realized that that's not the case. So maybe White is the same. Like there's, you know, like, yeah, to humanize him, basically. Okay. That he's just doing a job. Or, you know, I mean, he's maybe probably doing something he believes in. Okay. You know, but that he is a, you know, he's just not some mercenary. Uh, Well, I mean, even even Hitler had a wife and a mother, though, right? Yeah, but he does know he's going to be turning these these beings over for basically autopsies, uh, you know, after they're studied and then they're going to kill them and cut them. I mean, he knows what their fate is going to be, so. But I don't know. I, you know, I think if you see someone as less than human, then it makes it all justifiable, right? Oh, true. You know, like you would never think, oh, there's, I got too many deer on my property, so I'm going to go shoot some of them. And that's justifiable. They're just deer. They're just dumb animals, right? So. You sound like the guy we used to work with. Yeah, I'm not saying I'm not saying I, I support I that, but but I'm just saying you know like it's it's really easy to and and this is that's what happened. we get the Holocaust when people think like that, right? Well, sure. When we treat people like that, we say people are less than human; they're animals. Well, then we can excuse slaughtering millions and millions of them because you know it's okay. They're not really human beings; they're below us. They're they're you know. Right, and and the fact that we only probably have hundreds here. I mean, genocide is genocide. Sure. So, all right, well, we'll see. I, I don't think we've seen the last of White, that's for sure. You know, they have Gilgirl, but Alec and Max are pinned down and, and, and Gilguy. Alec thinks it's hopeless and asks Max what she's doing. Well, you know, he sees her going for the uh, forklift, I think it was. Right. Tells him, I'm going for the Disney version. Yeah. Right, I guess as opposed to the uh, non-happy ending in the Hans Christian Andersen version. Exactly. So, okay. All right, well, speaking of happy endings, uh, the the other storyline is, is the love triangle, of course. And, and look, obviously, as in most episodes, the, the two storylines kind of mesh a little bit. As the little girl, we're back to Logan's, is preparing to leave with her mother, she kisses Max and then kisses Uncle Logan, which then we activates it at least at this point we think is what we think, activates right. we the toxin when it all is said and done we don't know what happened actually right right but we do see the little look his cousin gives him right <laughs> going out the door regarding max and logan has this significant reaction forcing max to call asha who i noticed is only number six on his speed dial yeah you know well you know i mean these guys you know parents yeah. Well, I mean, Siblings, my, maybe. my wife's number two, right? I mean, because number one is like uh, voicemail on my oh. system. I think I got Pizza Palace as number one. <laughs> okay. <Yeah>. number. So. <laughs> so, 
so he goes to the hospital. You know, we see uh, Dr. Sam Carr again. And uh, again, always nice to see Brian Markinson. Clearly, we're supposed to notice that both young women are uncomfortable being around each other at that point. So sure. And, and, and that's fine. But then that leads us into that scene where Max goes into the chapel to pray for a miracle, you know, and, and she acknowledges she doesn't deserve God's attention, hasn't been much of a believer, but it takes us back to her younger days at Manicor when the kids honored the blue lady that you brought up, which was that episode in season one, Polo Loco. And, and you mentioned Ben also, but there's that older woman sitting in the pew, Right. In, in front of her who, you know, acknowledges her with, you know, just a, a, a head nod. But after Asha comes in to tell her that Logan's going to be okay, the woman's gone. Right. So what's the deal there? I mean, I don't any, know. I didn't really don't know if I noticed that that well very. So. Okay. I mean, it, because you, you, you see that Max notices she's gone as well and, and it occurs to her. So then you start to, again, is she a vision? Is she the blue lady i mean you know just another manifestation of the blue lady i uh, you know i thought that was pretty significant I, I again i'm not sure exactly what it means but i think it is important and and, and i hope we see this this uh and that scene when she you know goes home and confides in cindy about praying for a miracle and thinks cindy's gonna laugh at her you know right. well of course cindy's not gonna laugh at her right it's silly of her to think that and she thinks she got her miracle and she says something happened and she wonders how she's going to handle her second chance. What am I supposed to do? Give him up? And obviously I think that's a question that, that we're going to see answered to some degree in the next episode. I, I would think, you know, again, I haven't watched it yet, but um, yeah, uh, I mean, well, you'd think that, but then, you know, we've thought that before, and then it's kind of put on the back burner for a little while and everything. So The other scene that I, that I just wanted to bring up, they're still at the hospital. Asha wheels Logan in the wheelchair getting re- you know after he's being discharged, but then turns him over to Max and says, I'll go pull the car around. Yeah. Which I thought was, you know, a, a pretty nice gesture. I mean, you know, sure. again, it goes back to what I was saying earlier about the respect that the two are developing for each other. Right, right. And, you know, we'll see which one. Again, it's going to be really interesting to see how this, this goes the rest of the way. Well, she, you know, as far as like romantically speaking, she's got to feel good about her positions as Logan can't touch Max, right? Yeah. So she's definitely got a dare I say, leg up in that category. So, And, and you, we already mentioned not knowing why he's lost his immunity. But then Max is talking to him, and she, she walks out, as she says, to clear her head. So you know, I'm not sure why. I mean, it, it was a false alarm. What's up with her? I, I mean, does it have something to do with the miracle? Does she feel like, okay, God gave me this miracle. He's not going to give me another, so I I just can't be around them. I don't know. Or, or what price will I pay for for the miracle? Yeah, yeah, good. Uh, yeah, good point. You know, and we hear about Joshua, so you know we know he's still going to be around. Is she going to start spending more time with uh, you know her Manticore brother? Don't know, but I mean, it is a you know just kind of a grim reminder for her of you know the reality of the situation that 
she is death to touch for Logan and that just kills her you know and all she can think of to do is kind of what she's always done is to put distance between herself and the problem yeah yeah uh pretty cool action scene you know when when they raided white's hq to get yes. gill girl out and, and, and max's solution was brilliant you know puncturing that one uh-huh. tank to release all the steam right and then just run out under the cover of it oh you know and and, and uh, you know so that was brilliant alec got shot and they heal really quickly right don't we know that from yeah yeah but uh you know nonetheless i think it was asha that uh took the bullet out i guess and stitched him up so you know back at uh, logan's place so that was pretty uh-huh. cool uh but then we get to the closing scene bummer no space needle yeah <laughs> but you know it's every now and then that's okay right i know but that comes right on the heels of me saying last week that uh, I love it. I'm, you know, disappointed when we don't get it. But right, uh, right. which you clearly are. But you're hiding it well. I know because this one was was pretty darn good. You know, they're watching, uh, you know, Gil Girl, Gil Guy swim off. Logan tells Max that she got the ending she wanted, and that's the way it should be. You know, clearly a reference to their own plight that this is not fair. Right, life is right. not fair. Right. And um, I think it's important that for this one, especially with the, these kind of themes here of togetherness and family and bonding, that they are together at that final scene. It's not just her off on her own sitting on the space needle. Well, that's true. That That is true. And uh, again, are we going to come back and, and make an effort to come up with some sort of an antidote i mean are, aren't there any other geneticists in seattle that can help i mean yeah Lo- they Logan's like, still got money what was it 15 grand or whatever thing? well you know i mean he could sell another painting come <laughs> he on could sell another painting right which begs the question once again how logan is making money right well i guess that's the idea i guess he's not really making money i guess he's he's, he's still got a nice apartment he does but you wonder is he just did he inherit money and and he's but just yeah he did but he doesn't want it remember oh uh, yeah good point all he right gave so it all goes, away he, or he said he did, like he rejected it so yeah good point i don't but, know they've never adequately really answered that one right well i think it's pretty pretty high time for alec and max to pull a caper and get some money there you go so we'll see uh all right anything else uh i don't think so Okay, you know it's funny because uh, you know this episode is you know sitting down watching it, jotting down some notes, and realizing on the one hand it it didn't seem as if there was as much to say as there are a lot of weeks, and I'm not sure why that was, because it was certainly in in time wise it was as long as all the other episodes. So yeah, who knows? Well, I think because it it really stuck to that single storyline too so we don't have really have multiple stories to talk about it's just you know just the one so all right well uh i guess that'll do it for this evening we want to thank you for joining us love to hear from you about dark angel firefly anything else that we should be watching and i did notice that uh kevin batchelder joined the facebook group and immediately says what are you guys going to do next yeah, Kevin joins and just starts stirring the pot. Yeah, and and actually that 
uh, he did mention Charlie Jade, which I've looked into a little bit, and it does look pretty intriguing, you know. So we'll see. I mean, I'm I'm a little reluctant to pick up another 22 episode show, but uh, but but we'll see. It definitely looks intriguing, and it is available. So so that's certainly a plus. Like to encourage you to join the Facebook group if you're already a member. Spread the word. Emails to sci-fi TV rewatch at gmail.com or voicemails via the SpeakPipe tab, which you can access through the website. And we'll be back next week with episode nine of Dark Angel entitled Medium is the Message. But until then. So I don't really know if I want any more dates with my wife. I mean, after the last one, I just came home and I said, I'm exhausted. She won't take a nap. She won't eat anything I give her.